Welcome to Adventology, the podcast dedicated to helping you be ready for Jesus. Here now is the host of Adventology, Travis Walker. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Adventology. As you know, everything we do in this podcast is designed to help you be ready for Jesus. And on today's episode, we are going to be continuing our study of the book of Genesis looking at the flood story and particularly we're going to be getting into the topic of the everlasting covenant and we're going to be looking at the number 40 and its significance to christians and their walk with god but before we get into that i just want to remind you if you have any questions or comments you can email me at travis at adventology.com. You can follow me on my Instagram at Pastor T Walk. And we love to hear your questions. We love to hear your feedback. And we love it when you take the time to review this podcast. If you've been blessed by it, let me remind you again to rate and review it. If you listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, a one or two sentence review would be greatly appreciated. So thank you. For your willingness to listen. And uh, I know that today we are going to be blessed as we get into this topic. So when we left off last time and we were studying the close of probation as related to the antediluvians, of course, the majority of them chose not to go into the ark and be saved. And when that ark door shut, of course, they were shut out. There was nothing they could do and eventually the rain began to fall. Of course, those who were in the ark, which is a symbol or a type of Christ, were saved, and they were protected from the rain and from the storm that was coming upon the earth. And so we are picking up the story where we left off there, and uh, let's read starting in Genesis chapter 7, starting in verse 17. Now the flood was on the earth forty days. The waters increased and lifted up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth, and the ark moved about on the surface of the waters, and the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth, and all the high hills under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed fifteen cubits upward, and the mountains were covered. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds and cattle and beasts and every creepy thing that creeps on the earth and every man. So as you can see, after 40 days and 40 nights of rain, everything that Noah and his sons and wife and daughters-in-law had ever known was gone. There was a complete transition from one world to another that was taking place underneath that water. And although they did not know what lied ahead, they did know that there was a God who was watching over them. There was a God who was protecting them. And, you know, it's interesting because 
when you think about this number 40, this is the first time 40 is mentioned in the Bible. But it's mentioned many times after this. And every time we find this number 40 mentioned, it has a meaning of transition. It has a meaning of transformation. Something significant is happening between the beginning and the end of these 40 days, or in some cases, 40 years. And I think that's important for us to consider in our own personal walk. You know, at times, God is calling us into a transition. And although God's Spirit can work on our heart in an instant, in a moment, we can claim salvation, praise the Lord. But often after that moment, there is a transition that God is taking us through. We need to walk away from that old life and embrace the new. And sometimes it takes about 40 days to learn a new habit or unlearn a habit that was destructive to our life before. And so it isn't just walking from salvation into eternal bliss and peace. No, there is a struggle. There is a challenge. And just as Noah and his family were on the ark 40 days struggling and going through a difficult time while trusting God, the same is often true when we're trying to overcome a habit or behavior that is destructive or we're trying to learn something new that is more helpful and productive to our lives. And so God may be calling you right now into a transition. I mean, I don't know what's going on in your life, but there's a good chance that God has been convicting you that there's something in your life that you need to give up. There's something in your life that is holding you back to that old world and God is transitioning you into something new. But before he can do that, he needs to walk you through this 40-day journey, whether it's an addiction that you have been struggling to overcome, whether it is a health challenge that is resulted because of diet and other decisions you make regarding your health. Maybe it's something related to depression or anxiety. You know, God wants to take you through this journey. And there's often a period where there's a struggle. But if you're able to push through, if you're able to hold on to God and trust that he is leading and continue to trust him and continue to make that decision, that discipline to act on the change that God is calling you to do, then after 40 days, I can guarantee that you're going to feel like a different person. And so I want to challenge you to embrace this lifestyle change while reading the Word of God every day, right? Because if you are going to see that change happen, you need to know that God is with you. And just like God was with Noah, God is with you. But in order for you to know that he is with you, you need to remind yourself of that by reading the word of God. And the word of God itself is a transitioning power in your life. But sometimes people get overwhelmed and say, oh, I can't read the Bible. That's too big. It's too much. I can't understand it. Again, let me just challenge you to take it a little bit at a time, read it, 
a little bit every day for 40 days. If you haven't been doing it, I can guarantee you after 40 days of reading the Bible, maybe one chapter a day, you will become addicted to the Word of God. You will want to not miss that time with God because it is so meaningful. It is so powerful. It is so inspirational. And that is something that nobody can take from you when you take that time to spend with him. And so what happened? After the 40 days, we find that eventually the sun came out, the rain stopped. After a few days, after a few months, we see the the ark eventually finds a resting spot. And then God causes a wind to blow over the face of the earth. And eventually, we find that there is dry ground once again, and Noah and his family and all the animals are finally able to get out of the ark. And so after Noah gets out of the boat and kisses the ground, we find that the Bible tells us that he sets up an altar and brings a sacrifice to God. Yes, Noah, in his first act before he builds his house, before he does anything else, is to worship God. And in response to Noah's worship, we find God sharing a promise with him, a covenant that many of us have forgotten. So let's read about it in Genesis chapter 9, starting in verse 12. It says, And God said, This is the sign of the covenant I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For perpetual generations, I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud, and I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud, and I will look on it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And so we see that God gave the rainbow to Noah and all of his descendants, including you and me, to remind us that he cares about us. He cares about you. He cares about every living creature, everything that breathes on this earth. God cares about. And so the promise of the rainbow is that God will not let this earth be destroyed until the covenant is fulfilled, until God finishes the work that he has promised to do. And the whole reason he saved Noah to begin with, right? Because everything that had started off with Adam and Eve had gone wrong and the earth had become completely corrupted with sin. And so God was starting over again with Noah and his family, and he wanted all of his descendants to remember that he was never going to do this again. Yes, God cares about every living creature. God is not the author of death. He's the author of life. He's the author of faith, hope, and love. And because God knew that we couldn't keep a promise to him, he made a promise to himself instead. And friend, this is the essence of all covenant. You know, covenant is one of those complicated words that we find in the Bible. And obviously the easiest way to explain it is to describe it as a promise. 
but it's more than a promise it's a legal promise and it's something that often is made between two parties but in the case of between God and man because we're sinful we can never keep our promises to God and so instead because he knew we couldn't do that he sent his son Jesus to keep the promises for us so we find here that in this promise of the everlasting covenant a reminder that Christ was going to come fulfill it and turn the everlasting covenant into the everlasting gospel and we can read about it in Revelation chapter 14, verse 6 and 7. It says this, Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. And so just as every nation, tribe, tongue, and people can look up at the rainbow and be reminded of God's promise to them, so in the same way, God is promising to protect them and provide a way of escape for those who believe in him. Because ultimately, one day, the world it will not be destroyed by a flood, but it will be destroyed by fire. And so when you think about the rainbow, I want you to think about its substance, right? What does it take to make a rainbow? Of course, it requires two elements, sunshine and rain. Those two elements together are what create the rainbow. And when you think about sunshine and rain, the two attributes of God that describe his government more than anything else are justice and mercy, right? And the two combine to create this beautiful picture of who God is. And in relation to this idea of justice and mercy combined, I found this beautiful quote by Ellen G. White. And so I want to share it with you. And it says this, As the bow in the cloud is formed by the union of sunlight and the shower, so the rainbow represents the combined power of mercy and justice. It is not justice alone that is to be maintained, for men could only see the penalty of the law. Were there no justice, no penalty, there would be no stability to the government of God. It is the mingling of judgment and mercy that makes salvation complete. Mercy invites us to enter through the gates into the city of God, and justice is satisfied to accord to every obedient soul full privileges as a member of the royal family a child of the heavenly king. And so we can see a reflection of the promise of the rainbow in God's last day people. Revelation says that God's people will keep the commandments of God, that's justice, and the faith of Jesus, that's mercy. But as you know, the symbol of the rainbow has been hijacked by the LGBTQ community today. And unfortunately, there is a lot of Christians out there justifying the lifestyle that is not condoned in the Bible that the LGBTQ community is promoting. And so it's not enough 
to just accept them as sinners. They want to be accepted in their sin. In fact, they want the Bible to be changed so it no longer defines sin and sexuality outside of a marriage between man and a woman, right? And so now we have all these different versions of sexuality that we need to embrace, and we need to accept everyone's gender identity too, whether we agree with it or not. And so we are living in an age of confusion. And so the Bible predicted it. The Bible said that when people were no longer satisfied with what the Bible taught, that they would bring their own interpretation to it. And so we can read about it in 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting in verse 3. It says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And so what people have a hard time with, honestly, when it comes to the gospel is recognizing that there is a cost to accepting the gospel in our life. And some will say, well, what's the cost? The Bible says that salvation is a free gift. It is a free gift, but there is still a cost associated with it. You see, we, in order to put on the righteousness of Christ, we need to be willing to lay off that old man of sin. And so the cost of salvation is our sin. Well, you might say, well, that's not a cost at all. That sin is the thing that separates us from God. That is true. But for many today, they see their sexuality as their personal choice. They, they, and instead of submitting themselves to God, they want God to submit to them. And this is not possible, though. We cannot have a partial commitment to God and partial commitment to our own views and values that don't align with the Bible. In fact, the Bible says it this way, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, right? And so this is the challenge. We are forced to either align ourselves with the Bible or align ourselves with the agenda of LGTBQ. And so I want to encourage you today, whether you stand on this issue, you need to make sure that it isn't going by feeling, but it's going by faith in the Bible. You know, because God is not the author of confusion. God is the author of truth and justice and mercy. And the truth will set you free. And so when it comes to the rainbow, don't be turned away from the truth by the fables of false teachers. Study the word and surrender your life, your desires, and your sexuality to the truth of God's word. And in doing so, you will discover your best life. So let me encourage you today to keep pressing forward in your faith with Christ, right? We don't know how much longer we have on this earth, but we do know that we serve a God who loves us and cares about us and has provided the rainbow as a reminder that he will never leave us or forsake us. The rainbow is the promise of the new world, the new hope, 
And even though this world will eventually come to an end, the promise is that there will be a new one that we get to experience. Just as Noah got off that ark and entered into the new world through Christ, we leave this earth and are transported to the new heavens and the new earth that we will live forever with him and dwell with him in the city of God together as brothers and sisters, as children of the heavenly king. I can't wait for that. I hope you can't wait for that either. So don't procrastinate. You know, if you've been putting off giving your life to Jesus, if you've been putting off anything, don't put it off any longer. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to claim the promise of God that he is watching over you. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode of Adventology. Be ready for Jesus. Speak life, live love, and until next time, Maranatha. We gotta stay awake cause nobody knows a day or time. No, the trumpet's gonna blow and the skies are gonna open wide. Oh yeah, he's coming for us just like he told us. It's been a long wait, but there's a new day. And we're gonna sing hallelujah when the king arrives. Oh, you know you gotta keep your head. Jesus is coming back, Jesus is coming back.